Chaz Holder, Holder Wealth Management with me today. They're financial advisors here in town. Good morning, Chaz. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on today. Last week, you were with the Holder and Associates. Tell us new in the tax world. Anything new in the investing world? Well, if you're an investor in just about every major asset class, things are pretty good. Okay. Uh, the market seemed to be on a never-ending ascent, and uh, you know, the broad U.S. market is up over 9% for the year. Uh, the MSCI EFI index, which is a broad index of developed foreign markets, excluding the U.S., is up about 14% year-to-date. Um, emerging markets up almost 25% year-to-date. Uh, on the fixed income side, the U.S. core bond market is up over 3%. U.S. government bonds up under 3%. Uh, and international bond markets up almost 1.5%. So 2017 has certainly been a strong year. Uh, both equity and fixed income markets uh, seeing some robust performance. And that's kind of interesting, you know, even with all the, the news headlines we've been seeing recently, that it's still robust. Yeah, that's true. U.S. and global bond markets, they, they didn't react well to tension buildup uh, with North Korea. But that's that was really kind of a small blip in an otherwise solid year. Mm -hmm. Uh, markets recovered well after the, the North Korea talk just kind of eased up a little bit. You know, they both kind of uh, calmed down both right. sides, you could say. Um, you know, certainly news headlines over the past week have been filled primarily with the, the domestic domestic news, the rioting and violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. Happens to be my alma mater, mm -hmm. so really disheartening to see those events unfold there for a number of reasons. Uh, but, you know, while, while race issues, the alt-right, the alt-left, all those are certainly at the forefront of our mainstream media, they seem to be having, uh, you know, relatively little direct impact on the macro markets. Um, and just kind of to, to touch on sort of the good year we've had so far, Americans' net worth increased in the first quarter of 17 by a nice little $2.3 trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the total household net worth in this country at the end of the first quarter of 2017, $94.8 trillion. Um, so certainly some positive, positive news, and market returns really account for about half of that net worth growth in 2017. That's quite a bit of growth, so uh, things are going well? Yes, they are. You know, And it kind of begs the question I get from clients, when is it going to end, or, <laughs> or when is there going to be a correction? And the answer is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no one really knows for sure. But what I do know is that given a long enough period of time, you'll see corrections and recessions and downturns, uh, but you'll also see periods of strong bull markets and recoveries. And this is really all part of the risk of investing in stocks. It's the volatility of the market. And if you invest for a long enough period of time, you'll be rewarded in the end. So this is really the return that investors demand for taking on the risk. You know, if I'm going to put my money at risk, I expect to be compensated for it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not right away, but eventually. So markets doing well, risk return are related. So how do investors you know, go about investing? Well, that's a good question and one with many answers because there are a ton of different ways you can go out in there and invest. Mm -hmm. But generally, the two camps of investing are the active investor and the passive investor. Now, the former attempts to take an active role in the investing. And by active, I usually mean they try to time the purchase and sale of stocks uh, select certain stocks or sectors that the investor, uh, you know, expects to do well. Uh, they attempt to identify market inefficiencies and exploit them, maybe some arbitrage price discrepancy strategies. Mm -hmm. um, so they certainly have their hand in, in, in play. Now, the passive investor, on the other hand, really just buys a large basket of stocks at very low cost, usually an index fund or index type fund, and keeps a hands-off approach. And, you know, sometimes when I think of the 
the passive investor, I think of that as seen on TV commercial for the the rotisserie yeah. oven uh-huh. when the audience <laughs> repeats, set it and forget it. Yep. So it's similar to that, um, where we're not worried about trying to seek out market inefficiencies, time the market, not buying and selling every day and, and seeing if it went up on Tuesday or down on Wednesday. Uh, if markets are efficient, then the most important factor is that our money is being invested, that it's at risk. And over a long enough period of time, it will reward us accordingly. And usually this is done by owning a diversified mix of stocks at the lowest cost possible. So it sounds like a, uh, a passive investor is, is, a, is a clear-cut winner. Yeah, you know, I might be putting some personal bias into that brief little comparison. Uh, there are still some winners on the active investing side, uh, those investors that can actually beat the market. However, finding these investors uh, or these active individuals, um, it's really just as random as selecting winning stocks. And even then, it takes quite a few years to say that the active investor won because of his skill and not just because he was lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, by then, the demand for that winning active investor will probably have driven up the cost to the point where it might not make any difference to find that person. Um, so even though there are plenty of active investors who win, the majority do not. So here are some, some numbers. In 2016, nearly two-thirds of active portfolio managers and the large-cap sector failed to outperform the S&P 500. Now, over a 15-year period, that underperformance rate is 90%. Uh, And not only that, but it's very difficult, if not impossible, to identify the losers from the winners. Uh, The positive advantages of the passive investing model, um, so it's not just my personal thought that it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of a positive thing. In 2016, investors pulled or withdrew $340 billion from active management and added $500 billion to passive investments. And that's a nearly $1 trillion swing in 2016 alone. So as I like to tell my clients, investing is a zero-sum game. For every buyer, there's a seller. For every winner, there's a losers. And mm-hmm. if active managers are the overall losers, then who are the winners? So are there any disadvantages? Well, certainly, of course. Everything has a flip side. Uh-huh. Uh, with a hands-off approach, there's always the risk that your portfolio could become out of balance or inconsistent with maybe some ever-changing life goals. Uh, maybe on a more hypothetical level, active investors are they are necessary to accurately price securities. Um, these are the people processing all the available information, buying and selling, uh, driving the price of a stock to its true value. Um, and if everybody in the world switched to passive investing, we wouldn't have the buy-sell pricing function in the marketplace. Um, of course, in this hypothetical world, then there'd be opportunity because we'd have inefficiencies and giving rise to active investing. So I think that hypothetical world is impossible. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll at some point reach an equilibrium, but there's still plenty of room for the passive investment growth. Um, passive investment funds only constitute about 35% of equity fund investments, so certainly the minority. And so passive and active management thinking, something to chew on a little bit. Uh, if anybody wants to find out more about that, how will we go uh, get in contact with Well, give you? us a call at Holder Wealth Management. Our phone number is 217-398-4015. We're located here in Champaign. Jazz Holder, Holder Wealth Management. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Jim.